0: Welcome to Get Real with me, Dr. Friedman. If you want to live with greater purpose, authenticity, and empowerment, this is your time to upgrade your belief systems, unlock your true potential, and discover the endless possibilities of you becoming the creator of your life. Welcome to Get Real with Dr. Friedman, my brand new podcast. I'm so glad that you're watching this first episode and joining me here. After several years of empowerment radios and and cellular wisdom radio, it was just time to do something new. Get Real is still following the thread of just learning to know ourselves better and being able to navigate through life in more empowering ways, but it's shorter which helps our shortened attention span. And it's more flexible because I can record from anywhere and anytime and in any time when I have an insight that I really wanna share with you, I can just post it on Facebook or YouTube, Spotify and all those wonderful outlets. So yeah, just keep your eyes open. I always make an announcement for the next podcast and I will try to do at least two a month or more. What doesn't change is besides the theme that I will have guests and those guests are authors, thought leaders, um, teachers that I find really inspirational. Their message is uplifting and empowering and I just love to share those people and their work with you. So today, fading to the name Get Real, which was, by the way, coined by my business manager, Miroki, thank you very much, who just put it out there and I grabbed onto it because I know what it means to not feel real. So I wanna talk about this. What is it to get real or be real and, and why do we have so many difficulties to get there? Well, the time I wasn't real at all. And I would say I was probably living at least six feet outside of myself was when I came to Seattle in 96 for initially a two year uh, postdoc in a research lab. My identity was all wrapped around my career as a physician. That's who I thought I was. When I went to parties, I introduced myself as a doctor. I mean, still ashamed about that. And I just didn't know anything better. I had worked so hard. I uh, was, you know, in that place where when you have a white coat on and your patients are just looking at you for answers, you automatically feel like, well, your ego is seeing you as that person and not anything else. So when I came to Seattle, I was nothing. I had no relationship. I had no friends. I wasn't in my uh, position of authority. I was someone who entered into a lab, had no clue what he was doing, didn't speak English that well, and ultimately had no idea who he was, which showed up especially in my social interactions. When I went out on the weekend to make some friends, you know, go to a pub or so, I always felt so self-conscious as soon as I entered the room. It was like everyone was looking at me. And I saw their little thought bubbles coming out of their head and telling themselves, well, who is this guy? Well, he's not from here. Oh, look at him. Well, he doesn't fit in here. He is an alien. And all those little thoughts, total assumptions, probably everyone ignored me. Although it's a little hard to ignore me because I'm 6'4 and I was a little bit... European dressed. Anyhow, I don't think that uh, 1% of the people there were judging me, but I felt 100% did, and that made me feel very insecure. So, I tried to find ways to, you know, hold on to something, to connect to something that I could say, well, that's me now. So, I became an outdoor person, because that's what you do when you are in the Pacific Northwest hiking, mountain biking, running, all of those things became my identity. Still didn't feel really solid and strong until the point when I stumbled across a yoga class. It was Kundalini yoga. And I just chose it because it fit into my schedule. So I went there and after the first class, we thought it was all about you know, closing your eyes, going inwards. I felt so different than I had felt in years. So much more peaceful and neutral. It was almost disturbing. And because it was so different and it was almost like a jolt, I went back over and over and over again. And that was my entry point into I would say the journey to finding myself. And the journey, to find myself had taken on different forms, meditation and yoga, but also working with the subconscious and discovering more my real passion and purpose and also getting more an understanding of my spiritual beliefs and the beliefs about life in the world. All of those things unfolded over time. But it really started with curiosity about what is it that I don't know about myself. What is it what's inside of me that needs to be discovered? Like a client of mine said yesterday that he felt there are all those seeds inside of him that somehow haven't come to flourish. And I bet you have a lot of seeds inside of you that somehow have been ignored for years. And, and it's time to discover them, to nurture them, and then let them grow and flourish. And that is what this show and what Get Real in general is all about. So how do we get unreal? How did I get unreal? And how did so many of my clients that I'm working with and helping on this journey to find themselves through the valley of depression and anxiety, how do they get real? Well, what people have been uh, describing to me, and I can so much relate to this, it's this basic sense of insecurity that we are struggling with, that feeling of somehow not being good enough. I remember a time when I was little where I just assumed I was good enough. I just assumed that I was perfect the way I was, innocent, completely myself, happy-go-lucky, a little sunshine, well, until I got in trouble because I had bad grades or I messed up, and then all of a sudden, these kind of you know, punishments, and my parents certainly did a little bit of corporal punishment as well, so that wasn't very nice. That made me very insecure. That made me feel like, oh, I need to perform. And so I was starting to you know, identify myself more with the expectations of others than really what I wanted and what I thought uh, was my heart's desire. Now, a lot of people also get insecure because all they can see are their shortcomings, their failures, the last rejection. That's who I really am. I am how these people see me and how these people treated me. I am that messing up or that not reaching my goals, not accomplishing what I thought I would. That's who I am. And you know that obviously is not really who you are, but uh, again, this is like this prime thinking that we are more defined by what we are not capable of than but by, by what we are capable of, which is kind of backwards, right? And then there is also this, uh, especially our achiever crowd has that uh, becoming disconnected from themselves when they are striving for perfectionism, striving for those really high levels of performance and, uh, and productivity. And, and it's never really good enough. They're never really fully satisfied. And even if they are reaching that one peak, there is another peak already around the corner that they then have to climb up to. And, and in that moment, your external ideas of whatever... Uh, desires or goals you have become your identity. And it's not anything inside of you. It's again, something that becomes uh, like this whole mirage of, well, this is really your worthiness. And unless you are getting to that place, you are nothing. And what what I see just so many people are struggling with is just that sense of, hopelessness, that sense of not really feeling settled in with himself, feeling down on themselves. And there was a recent census that said that almost 50% of Americans feel this way. And, and even though, you know, we are living usually in a, in a, in a safe and uh, you know, comfortable place. Most of us would say like, well, there's not really anything dramatically, well, apart from you know the pandemic and all those things that the last few years brought with them. But in general, we could say we could feel say, at least satisfied or, or content. There is so much anxiety and there is so much fear that's going around. And that, again, in my mind, has a lot to do with how we are relating to ourselves and how we see the world and ourselves in it. And often that's not a really good picture. And so what can we do? You know, what do we need to do to become more our real self? Well, it has a lot to do with who wrote your owner's manual. And if you're going through life with a certain set of beliefs, a certain set of values and conditions, and you realize at some point, that's not really who I am. That's not really what I want to believe in. You need to rewrite your owner's manual. Yeah, a client told me the other day that uh, his owner's manual was passed down to him by his father, who said, you need to go to this high school, to that college. And once you are out of college, you need to get a job. And, uh, you know, you need to make uh, money to provide for yourself so that you then can marry your girlfriend And he is a very free-spirited person, someone who I admire for his creativity and for his adventurous uh, mindset. He was all of a sudden, you know, squeezing himself into that owner's manual, into this idea of how he needed to be. And he got sick. He got seriously sick. He was struggling with an autoimmune disease. And at some point he thought like, well, maybe I can actually check out. I don't know. He was scared. And that made him realize, wow, I put so much pressure on myself that I didn't allow myself to be myself or even question, what do I want? I was only trying to meet the expectation that was given to me and that almost killed me. And maybe you can relate to that that doesn't mean that you have to change your job and divorce yourself and move somewhere else. It just means that you find answers and your worthiness and your sense of peace and fulfillment from within and not wait for others to give it to you because you do what they expect you to do or you play the role that you think was given to you. And I think a lot of us do that. You know, there are the avoiders, the little invisible ones that feel like, well, the only way for me to be in life is if I don't say anything, have no voice, no opinion, don't expose myself, just going to go to that little tiny uh, form of myself that doesn't really draw any attention. That's certainly a way of disconnect from yourself. There are those that are the pleasers, that are always listening to others, always available. Whenever someone is moving, oh, I'm here, I'm helping you, even though their back is hurting. You know, those people that identify themselves with helping and caretaking and, and feel guilty if they don't. And then there are, of course, those achievers, as I mentioned before, that have these high expectations and and just feel like this is how I need to be. I need to reach all those goals and only then I can really accept myself. All of those things lead to a disconnection. And I think I was guilty of all of those. Now, when you're really looking at your life, you probably would admit that being real, discovering your authentic self, wasn't really what you were taught is your purpose in life. But if you're imagining yourself being 80 years old, sitting on a bench looking back on your life, what do you want to really see? Do you want to only see how you were somehow getting approval from others or how you were fitting the bill on what you're supposed to do and live? Or do you want to look back onto things that felt true and real? that were explorations and expressions of yourself where you made a unique impact on your life. And certainly what you don't wanna look back onto are the regrets of not having lived your life. Because isn't it at the end our life, it's our journey, and shouldn't we be the leader of that life and not the follower of somebody else's instructions? So how do we start to get real? Well, I think the first thing is probably the hardest. (laughs) It was, at least for me, which is to realize that we are constantly lying to ourselves. Yes, you heard me. We are lying to ourselves. First of all, we are lying to ourselves when we are pretending that we are powerless, not good enough, that we cannot really change or be ourselves because we have tried so many times and it never worked out. So that is something that we really need to understand that we always are more than we think we are and we always have more potential inside of us than we are willing to show. We just forgot. We just felt not safe and secure to do that. So that's a lie that we really have to somehow up aside. Now, another lie that I find uh, a lot of people are doing, including myself again, is the lie of telling ourselves that we do actually want to change and that we want to become better. We want to do this course. We want to find a therapist or a coach. We want to eat healthier and then we don't. We have all these great ideas and aspirations and in the end, we let ourselves down. Maybe even we start something and then we drop it. That is one of the worst lies because that means that you cannot rely on yourself, that you're not trustworthy. And if you're just thinking about how that feels to you when someone makes promises and doesn't follow through, well, that relationship is not really the best. And it's certainly not a person that you would have a lot of confidence in. So that is also something we have to stop. If we say we're going to do something, we need to do it, no matter what. Rain, snow, sunshine, we have to follow through. So don't put too much on your plate. Don't have too high of an ex, uh, expectation or aspiration. Really just say, I'm going to make my changes. Maybe the change of getting real, the connection to yourself, maybe the change of becoming uh, more positive, I'm going to make it small in increments, something that I can succeed in and follow through with so that I can build more confidence and, uh, and trust in myself. Another way of lying to ourselves is when we are judging ourselves. You know, this nitpicking. While we drop something and right away we are calling ourselves stupid or, or clumsy Or maybe we have a little bit of extra tissue and we call ourselves fat, or we are actually just naturally aging and we call ourselves ugly and old. Well, again, how would you feel if someone would say those things to you? You would be insulted. You would be outraged. But we do it to ourselves all the time. And it's not the truth. We cannot define ourselves by just like, you know, one little aspect of ourselves that we are blowing up so big that it overshadows everything else. Another lie. And I think another lie is also the idea that we have to somehow compare uh, ourselves with others because we can't, or that we have com- to compete with others because somehow life seemed to be a competition, uh, uh, an idea around uh, winning or losing, which it isn't. So these are all lies, you know. I was the best person in comparing myself to others and I always compared myself to those that were better than me. And I always came up short. And the same thing with competing. I always thought I need to somehow, you know, be uh, ahead of others or beat others. And it never really made me happy. It never really brought me closer to myself. So all of those ideas, we need to question all of those assumptions, and I think lies, we need to somehow set the record straight with and choose. How do we want to see ourselves? Are we really just an expression of little shortcomings? Are we really, uh, you know, people that are completely limited and not good enough? Is life really a competition or is life maybe something else is life a journey is life an adventure is life a piece of of art and we are the artists to make that out of it that we choose to is life for us to explore ourselves to grow on a on a personal but also on a maybe soul level is life for us to be our true self so that we can make the unique contribution that we are made or meant to make here in the world. You know, like everything is connected in a web. Well, we have to fill our place. And if we are not really our true self, how can we make our place really solid and meaningful? And so, you know, thinking about life more than just, uh, you know, a contest or something that's about Uh, success or failure. That is something that can also bring you closer to yourself. And I feel like, you know, that when we are not lying to ourselves and getting real with ourselves, that also means that we are more truthfully facing our vulnerabilities. The things that we try to hide, our struggles, our fears, our Anxieties, or you know, sensitive sides that somehow no one really is allowed to see. I don't know when it happened that being vulnerable was no longer okay, and it's more important to be cool than to be authentic and real. When was it not allowed anymore to have any other emotion than happiness and, and confidence? All of those things somehow got us you know, disconnected from the outside world when we do feel insecure, when we do feel vulnerable. And since we don't really want to feel this way, it also got us disconnected from ourselves. So we are avoiding and we are denying ourselves those feelings, trying to numb ourselves out or distracting ourselves. So if you want to get real, you have to also be real with yourself and realize, yes, I do have shadow sides. I do have sides that are wounded. I do have sides of me that are confused or that are in conflict with each other. I do not always feel that what I have inside should be uh, seen by everybody else. There are aspects of me that I still need to learn to understand because right now I'm ashamed of them or I wanna get rid of them, but I cannot really get rid of a part of me because I would lose my wholeness. So really being truthful to yourself also means to have the courage to look inside, not with a you know, evil eye or a, a judgmental mind, but much more with a curiosity and already a sense of, of kindness and caring because I believe what is inside of us is only seen as bad or, or negative because we don't understand it we don't see where it comes from we haven't put the you know the story together and we haven't connected the dots so whatever you haven't really felt good enough about yourself see more where it comes from and then have kindness with that aspect of yourself because often it's much more an imprint from the outside than really the truth of who you are and we're going to definitely talk much more about this in future podcasts. So curiosity, honesty, and being also serious about, yes, I want to be on this journey. I want to explore more who I am. That is how we start getting real. This is how we can get more in touch with ourselves. And for that, I want to give you a little challenge. And it's very simple. For the next few weeks, I want you just to set your timer on your phone or like a little alarm that beeps three times a day. And I want you just to write down three answers to the simple questions How do I feel? What did I think right before the alarm went off? How does my body feel? These things can really just make you remember that, well, ultimately, you are that center of your life. You just don't see it. You have been so uh, distracted by the virtual world or by the people around you that you often don't even have a sense of yourself anymore. Many of my clients have to really, uh, first of all, tuning into themselves, into their thoughts, into their emotions, into how their body feels. Like, you know, basic body uh, sensations like hunger, tired, thirst, all of those things they haven't been in touch with because they were so on that disconnect level that uh, only when they were struggling with anxiety, uh, almost as if anxiety was saying, hey, pay attention to, to yourself, that's when they started to actually look inside again. So let's do that. Let's just write down three times a day how do I feel? What did I think just before? And how does my body feel? And what you're going to notice is simply that by doing this, you're not only, you know, feeling more you're paying attention to yourself, but you're also noticing that well maybe there are certain themes that are coming up. Well, I'm really noticing how how stressed I am, or how worried I am, or how how critical or negative I am. And I really see that my emotions often are more uh, emotions of uh, exactly that kind, anxiety, or maybe I'm feeling uh, very often doubtful, or I have uh, always a sense of, uh, you know, the feeling of being late or being behind. Pay attention to that. If those feelings are now what you notice, then you can say, wow, is that real? Or is that just something that I need to work with so that I can go deeper inside and feel more relaxed and feel more myself. And the same with the body. The body can tell you a lot on what you're not paying attention to. Am I tight? Am I feeling contracted? Am I feeling relaxed at peace? Is my body feeling uh, open? What are those feelings that I have on a physical form? And again, these are often feedbacks from what's going on in your mind. Because when we are real, the thing that I have observed is that we are not necessarily always exuberant and happy, but there is a sense of certainty within. It's almost like you are becoming your own center of gravity and you're going through life as, I mentioned before, the leader of your life. You feel like you're in control of your reality. You're not in control of all the circumstances you're in or the people around you, but you're always in control of how you want to see those things, how you want to feel about them, how you want to respond to them. It's like you are the author of that story of your life and, and you keep on writing it. And you keep on developing it and you keep on exploring it. And in every day, this way feels meaningful. It's not just the living for the weekend or for the vacation or the retirement. It's like every day is an exploration. Every day is something that tells you more about yourself, who you are, what you like, what you're capable of, what your purpose is. All of those things are revealing themselves, and all of those things are within your grasp. As someone said, the only price we pay for being real is paying attention. Well, on that note, I'm going to leave you with a quote of Friedrich Nietzsche, the German philosopher, who says, the individual has always had to struggle to keep from being overwhelmed by the tribe tribal consciousness, if you try it to not get overwhelmed, you will be lonely often and sometimes frightened. But no price is too high to pay for the privilege of owning yourself. And being real is ultimately that, owning yourself, owning your life, your journey, and your reality. So thank you so much for joining me today on this podcast. Please subscribe to it uh, if you haven't already. And uh, I'm really looking forward to being with you on this journey of self-exploration and becoming more and more real with ourselves. Until next time, take care.